you're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Hallelujah. What a beautiful time to be a believer. Praise the Lord. What an excellent time to be born again. Our Lord Jesus said to the Jews, say you're from here and from above. What a time to be from above. Praise the Lord. When you know that head or tail, you're a winner. Praise the Lord. And the news that is coming from our televisions and our telephones and all of that are news that are catching up with news that we've had in our Bible from thousands of years ago. Once more is a little while. Hagar 6 and 7. It says, I'll shake the heavens and the earth. Hagar chapter 2, 6 and 7. You can put it. That's what he said. I will shake all nations. Isn't it what they told us? What is happening now? All nations are being what? Let's read it, everybody. He said, for thus says the Lord of hosts. Once more, it's a little while. I'll do what? I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land. And I will shake all nations. And they shall come to the desire of all nations and i will fill this temple with glory says the lord of hosts we serve a god who told us he will create his world and from time to time he will do what he will shake and when he shakes what's the purpose why does a woman you know shake the uh, what, what is it that they shake you know so that the the, the chaff can go off you see shakes so that there'll be a separation Praise the Lord. So that we'll know those who know their God. So I pray and I trust that you're not shaking. Hallelujah. The Bible says we and I should stand what? Unmovable, unshakable. Praise the Lord. That's what we should be doing in this season. We are standing. Because there is nothing that is new. Hallelujah. There is nothing we're hearing that is new. Praise God. It might be new in the contemporary language, but the word of God, our Bible has it, that these things will happen. He says, when we see these things happening, what should we do? We should lift our eyes. For redemption is drawing what? It's drawing near. Praise the Lord. The word has never seen anything like this, but the word told us it will happen. Praise the Lord. You know, I remember many years ago, I was trying to tell us here, I can't remember exactly which of the messages, but that one day I saw some advert on, on DSTV, and I was jealous in my heart. And the advert advertised sports. Joshua, remember, he advertised sports, and then they said football or something is now the God or religion. You know, it's, it be, yeah, sports had become a religion. It was that powerful. They were showing clips, you know, of exciting moments in football, in tennis, and all of that. And they say, this is now a religion. Can you see that religion is not holding now? Thank God for those who are born of God. Praise the Lord. Whether we gather as a community. Each of us individually are temples of the Holy Ghost. But you can't play football alone. You can't play tennis alone. So that religion of sports has been brought down. 
And the religion of religion that we started talking about beginning of this year is also being shaken. Praise God. So we're in interesting times. We serve a God that is jealous. So he looks at his word. He looks at his word. He says that people are not taking notice of him. So from time to time, he just does things so that people will ask questions. Hallelujah. They will try to find out who is actually running the show. And that's why we started by saying he is the Lord. He knows what he's doing. I mean, many of us do not know. Okay, I, we, this year I was telling us here that most of the people that are standing telling us prophecies for the year, they don't know what they're saying. If there was anybody that knew what to say, this is what they would have told us. But to prove that they don't know, they are just calling, you know, different kinds of things. And that is why you and I, one of the lessons that you have to learn, I have to learn, is that we must remain humble before God. God is God. We are men. Praise the Lord. The surest word of prophecy we have is the written word. And if you follow it, you cannot go amiss. Praise the Lord. You don't need anybody to stand in front of you and, you know, read for you seven things that will happen. Everything that will happen is already written. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But if you want to be precise, ah, Corona, come. Why you not tell us? Praise God. But God knew, God knows. And God is in control. Praise the Lord. Let nobody's heart be shaken. The psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He didn't say everything is okay, I shall not want. The key to safety, the key to provision, the key to stability is who is your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In fact, let's look at that psalm, please. Verse 2. It says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Why? Because he is my shepherd. Anybody here has Jesus as a shepherd? That's what he will be doing for you in season and out of season. Three. He says, He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. For, he say, yes, yes, yes. That's what he's saying, yes. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there will be seasons where I can see nothing. Praise God. I will see nothing, but what will happen? He says, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me, for you are with me. The shepherd is with me. Somebody say, you are with me. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what is outside, what is upside, downside. The Lord is with me. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your dealings with me. Praise God. Not just the comfort, the rod. Just, I know you are with me. I'm not alone. Praise the Lord. It's only a runaway child who stole money from the parents and ran away that can only be receiving comfort. Where once you're at home, there will be comfort, praise God, from the staff. And then there will also be what? Correction from the rod. Praise God. So we know God is with us because we're experiencing, not that everything is excellent, but we're experiencing the discipline, the constraints of righteousness, of training. 
Praise the Lord. Continue. Five. He says you do what? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What this means is that when everybody's saying there is a casting down, don't speak too quickly. It might be your season of lifting up. That amen is too low. Praise the Lord. When everybody is thinking that this is the end, this is going to be so terrible, better be expectant. Better be sensitive. Hallelujah. You know, I was just thinking, what if someone's purposeful spice is able to keep coronavirus from taking root? Your purposeful spice. Not medicine, you know. eh? The way you mix it. They just realize that when people take it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thou prepares the table before me where? In the presence of my enemies. Enemies don't keep God from settling you. From establishing you. From performing his goodness and his good counsel in you. They don't stop. He say, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. The anointing remains with me. Praise the Lord. Say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever and ever amen amen Amen. so so people of god let us just know that we are not um we we cannot be wandering like the world yes we will read the news but we know what the word of god says praise the lord because we live in a society and in a community, we are going to make adjustments and, you know, do a few things as we, you know, are led to do in righteousness and in, you know, proper behavior. But let us never imagine that as the world is shaking, God is shaking. God is not shaking. Praise the Lord. Give, can you put Acts fifteen eighteen for us? It says, known unto God. Known to God from eternity are all his works. Can you give us King James? It says, known unto God are all his works. From the beginning of the world. Let's even not go to the beginning of the world. Let's even say from 2020. Known unto God are all his works. From where? From January 2020. He knew that a time will come when Africans will refuse Europeans from coming in. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, you know, things happen and things happen. I know late last year we prayed that this visa and arrival policy would, should not work. How many of us remember? And it was as though it started working, but they have suspended it now. Whether it's by corona or by whatever. And you know, we prayed also that the loan will not be taken. Remember, we prayed. And you know, they're not taking it. Whether it's by oil becoming $28 or not, we say it will not be taken. And we're saying God will deliver Nigeria from wicked men. Whether it's by the reason of economic downturn, we don't know. But we have made prayers and our God, have I shared with us here, that God, our prayers, the way God answers prayers, what confuses us a lot of times is that we think prayer is a meat pie. You see, when you pray, it's like cooking soup. It's like your mother sends you to go and buy something she needs to cook soup. So you run and go and buy um, what now? Otazi. Who knows Otazi? Uh-huh, you know Otazi. Okay. And, and, and you, you come back with the Otazi, and then you expect her to throw it into the soup immediately. 
No, she has to wait for some things to mix and blend so that when she puts it, it will be at the appropriate time. Are you getting what I'm saying? Many times when we pray, God has to mix it in the appropriate time so that it can get this taste and the texture. What are the things that come with soup? There is taste, there is texture, there is the flavor. You see, there is something they have to, there is a savor they have to smell before they put some things. So when we pray to God, he gathers our prayers and he's keeping it. When the time is right, you'll be seeing it. And then you'll be seeing the answer to prayer that you pray that you thought God did answer. But the understanding is that God hears every prayer according to his will. Isn't that what the Bible says? This we know, that if we ask anything according to his will, what does he do? He hears. And if he hears us, he has nothing too difficult for him. It means he will do it. The only problem is that he's cooking soup. He's not baking. You know, in baking, everything enters at once. Mm -hmm. But in cooking, I don't know how to cook, but I know that you don't put everything at once. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Okay. So, known unto God are all his works. Who knows? This might be the deliverance of Nigeria in another way. Yes, 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 yes. Who knows? Who knows? So we, we settle it. Romans eleven thirty three. please. Our God is never overwhelmed. Our God is never in a state where he's wondering what to do. What does he do? No, 33 and 34 together, please. It says, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. 34. He said, for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor you see in this season i want to beg you people of god lift your eyes to god so that you can have peace the lord said to me tell them it says he will keep in perfect peace he whose mind is what stayed on me you need to put your mind on the god who created the world praise the lord the principal of the school is still there the owner is still there the creator is the builder is still there you know he's all of that in his world He's still at work. Hallelujah. Yes, he's still there. He says the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Okay, so God fully, totally is in the know of all that is happening. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what to do. He knows everything. And it's getting more interesting. Job 42.2. In all that is happening, can I tell you something? His purposes are prospering. Hallelujah. Oh yes, we might you know, experience some discomfort here or there. But his purposes are what? Prosper, says, and that no purpose of yours can what? Be withheld. What Jehovah wants to accomplish is being accomplished. He doesn't experience hold up. No roadblocks. No diversion. His purposes are always running. His agenda is running. Praise the Lord. The Lord we serve is working his works. Nahum chapter 1. I'll read this one and to verse 7 and then we can start the review. Nahum says, The burden against Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum, the El-Koshite. Two. He says, God is jealous and the Lord avenges. The Lord avenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries. And he reserves wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger 
and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea and makes it dry and he dries up all the rivers, Bashan and Carmel wither and the flower of Lebanon wilts. The mountains quake before him, the hills melt. The earth heaves at his presence. Yes, the world and all who dwell in it. Isn't that what is happening? He said, who can stand before his indignation? Who can endure the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire and the rocks are thrown down by him. Verse 7. In all of this, he says what? The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. The Lord knows it's a season to run to him. It's a season to preach the gospel. The good news that we began to talk about on Sunday. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Yes, the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, so on Sunday we began to look at the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is good news. That's what we said, isn't it? And we say that because of Jesus and his work, his coming into the world, there is good news for every situation. There is good news for every circumstance. There is good news at all times. Praise the Lord. There is good news for everybody. Everybody. There is good news. Since Jesus came, that's why the angels had to form a choir. That's why they had to sing to the shepherds. Joy to the world. All that Christmas celebration that we still have yearly is the rejoicing of the world when good news came. And that good news is valid. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's valid for every circumstance. When a child is born, it's good news. When a, a parent dies, an elderly parent, you know, we don't want young people. When people die, it's good news. No matter what happens, in abundance, in lack, in difficulties, in, you know, pleasure, it is what? Good news. Why? Jesus has come. The songwriter says he came from heaven to earth to do what? To show the way. He came. He brought good news. He came to tell us that this world, destroyed and ravaged by sin, that God is not leaving it like that again. That men now have the privilege of what? Being invited, not just to the earth, but to the very house of God. The Bible says when he returned, he's going to introduce us, or he had introduced us already to the father as what? His brothers and sisters. In Genesis, we were the creation of God. In redemption, we became sons of God. That's why in John 1, we had to be given the right Praise the Lord. The first person that tried to claim that right from angel became Satan. He said, I will be like God. That's what they're begging us to be like now. He was an angel. And he said in his heart, I will ascend. That place is ascended. That's where we are. He said, we are seated in him. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what happened when Jesus came. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. That's what redemption brought for us. Satan was an angel and desired to go to where God was. I will sit. I will arise. But now we are not saying they're inviting us. Praise the Lord. 
He says, whosoever confesses me before men, I will also do what? Take him and confess him before my father. We are now in him. Our lives are hid in Christ, Christ in God. The very place. That's why the Bible was right. You know, the, the epistles were saying that these are the very things that the angels were peeping. Trying to see what is this thing that is about to happen. Is that men, you know, will come to the place where they dreamt. In fact, they couldn't dream of getting to. Praise the Lord. That's what Jesus came to do for us. And that is the news of the gospel. So we said that the gospel that is not valid now, the gospel that you heard 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, that is not valid even in all the shaking that we're going through, was not accurate. Because the gospel captures everything. Little did we know that while we're in church on Sunday, you know, lives were being destroyed. In Lagos, just by our side here. Such a terrible, painful destruction. But you see, this is this word. (laughs) Everyone who, who wants to be, you know, truthful or reasonable must agree with what Jesus, what, what the gospel says of this word. This word now is destroyed. Say, he that believeth not is what? Condemned already. The word is destroyed because sin is in this world. It says sin, praise God. In, you know, this corona thing is such, is such a, is, is, is such, is so much in the similitude of sin. You know, it started with one person. It's not two people now. It entered one person. It was one person, whichever bat, you know, or whichever, whatever they ate. It's one person. But you can you see how the whole thing is spreading? One person brings it into a country. It spreads. That's what sin is. When sin entered earth, it brought a virus that destroyed earth. And it's been passed on. Now we're saying don't shake. So if you don't shake somebody who is not your son or father or whatever, it does not connect the person. But what if the person is coming from your loins? That's why the psalmist will say, in sin did what? My mother, because the father and mother, Adam and Eve were transmitting it to us in stana. There is no uh, glove. There is no uh, mask. There is nothing to save from that. So everyone who is born is born with that sin virus. And worse still, the sin virus was not just a man. It was on all creation. So even the earth was experiencing the ravages of sin. So if you leave earth, you don't plant anything, thorns will grow. You plant something that is good, it will die. If you don't water it, what is happening? It's sin. They don't water thorns. If you live in Nigeria, you know that mosquito, you don't breathe, you don't give it food. It will survive. But if you try to keep any other uh, pet, if you don't give it food, it will die. So bad things became the normal cause. You see, sin makes the terrible things prosper and makes good things a struggle. So you, you find a community, they are looking for water, they are looking for water. It rains. Then when it rains, it floods. You're wondering. Why? Because sin had corrupted the world. Sin is the very opposite of what God's will is for his world. The Bible says when he did his creation, he said he looked at everything that he made and he was, it was what? Good. Sin is everything that is not good. No matter how the world may advertise it to us. Okay? So that's what is similar to what this coronavirus does. You can imagine, you know, something that somebody will drop on a surface... Maybe one tip of the finger or touch it. How does it multiply? I've been asking, you know, who feeds it? Who is blowing it? Who is paying transport for it? 
you understand? I mean, think about it. But it's a picture of sin. It's a picture of sin. You have a little child. The child is so innocent. By the time the child can talk, two years, three years, the child has already started adding small wire. Who taught the child? Praise God. Because the way this virus moves, it does not need help. You have to be driving it away. But the good things, you have to push it and pull it. So the earth, the world, is, is, is under a curse. It's a destroyed world. But in Christ Jesus, redemption came. The Bible says, even the earnest expectation of creation is what? Waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. The earth is waiting, it's groaning. The hills are not at their best. The trees are not at their best. Everything is waiting. Why? Because sometime Satan was able to deceive man and man went against God's instruction and the fall took place. Ever since then, that has been the condition. But in Christ Jesus, redemption came, praise the Lord. And that redemption that came in Christ, look at the way it works. It says the kingdom of God is like leaven. We must understand it. It's like leaven. How does leaven work? Yeast. He said you put it. He said, I like the way the, the Bible put it. He said, which a, a woman takes and hides in dough. Abby, you hide it in dough. And what do you begin to see? You begin to see it influence the dough. That's how you and I are now. So we are sons of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. And we are, being, we are in this world now. So we are hidden. But as time goes on, what is happening? You know, we go the rise. We go the rise. We go the rise. Okay? We go to expand. And then people will begin to see that something different is happening here. That's what the life of the kingdom is. So when the world is in the state where it is, it is a time for what? Our living to do what? Or yes, to what? Live in the world. But if we don't have understanding, we won't. Praise the Lord, somebody. So the fact I'm trying to, you know, stay on is that whether it's corona or whatever it is, the problem is still sin. And the solution is the force of righteousness through Christ Jesus. You may not be a scientist. You may not be, um, uh, uh, is, there's virologist and urologist and all of that. You may not be any of that. But in working and practicing the righteousness of God, you're solving problems. And you never know. God can even give you in a dream. We don't know which school of uh, biology that Jacob attended. But he knew how to convert, you know, plain sheep and cattle into spotted and peckled. Praise the Lord, somebody. Why? Because when God is at work in a man's life, he solves problems through him. Praise the Lord. And that's what we should be looking at in this season. To be problem solvers, to be solved, to be light. There is darkness over. If you know any unbeliever now, you must pity and pray for them. You know what it means? I was talking on, I was, we were talking on Sunday about the privilege of being wealthy. Wealth gives you liberty. Praise God. It gives you liberty. You can do what you want to do. But imagine now, you have a private jet. Where will you fly to? You fly from Oshobo to Obomosha. Eh? You can't go to Ghana. They won't let you come in. Very soon now, with pri- private jet, you fly from Wusetu to Maitama. Do you understand? That's the limitation of the world. So you, all those things are there, but you can't do anything with it. That's even too far. Most big men cannot eat the way their money can afford. In fact, the richer people become... They have to pay people to help them eat less. You want to be a big man, Abby? Better be eating well now. Eat whatever you see. (laughs) Because when you become really big, 
That's when they'll recommend all the bitter things. They'll say, this one is a, a broccoli. This one, they tell you it's good. The way you eat food now is not that you enjoy it. They say it's good. So when you take it, there's one they started giving me now, lemon water in the morning. To take one cup takes me about a minute. I will take it like this, and I'll remember Jesus loves me. <laughs> Very bitter. Not just bitter in my tongue to my teeth. It's just harassing me. But they say it's good for me. And I'm not young. So I'm now eating by faith, no longer by taste. Praise the Lord. So we started to say on Sunday that the gospel is the good news of Jesus. And what is that good news? It said, he that believes in me shall not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. And in John 10, 10, we're told the thief does not come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy, isn't it? He said, but I've come that you may have what? Life and have it more abundantly. Now, you know that life in John 10, 10, many times people try to tell us that that life is prosperity. No, it's life the way it was meant to be in the beginning. One of the few places that message translation was deeper than the rest. Give us the message translation and see what it calls it. John 10, 10. Let's read it to everybody. A thief is only there to steal and kill and to destroy. What did Jesus come to do? He said, I came so that they may have real and what? Eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. This is that life he came to bring. It's eternal life. Praise the Lord. Let's understand this. Eternal life does not start when you die. It starts when you believe. Praise the Lord. It's life that begins when you begin. There is a connection. That's the kind of life that will make Stephen, while they are stoning him, to look at the people who are stoning him and say what? Father, do not put this against them. Why? Anybody who has only this life and sees people stoning them in this life, what would the person say? By fire, by force. Return to sender. When you see people praying return to sender, maybe they have only this life. Because when you have that other life, then you can see what, you see, the, the thing about the gospel is that you, you can't take it in parts. Our Lord Jesus Christ said the scriptures cannot be broken. So the reason we struggle many times is that we take a part of scripture and hold on to it. There is a place for the, you know, the vengeance of God. Praise the Lord. There is a place for the wrath of God. Like we read in Nahum. God says I do all these things and he told us he's good. Praise the Lord. He knows how to do it. He, he said, leave it for me. I can handle it. He said, vengeance is mine. I will do what? God knows how to deal with our enemies. But he has also told us what to be doing while he's dealing with them. He said, love them. Pray for them. Praise the Lord. So this eternal life, it begins now. The moment you believe. It gives you a perspective. It transforms everything about you. Because you begin to see that you don't exist only on this realm. Which is what we're trying to say on, on Sunday. Our Lord Jesus came to bring to reality to us that there's a word out there. Often he'll be in public and he'll say to the Father, Father, I thank you. Where is the Father? Who has seen him? That's the way we also expect you to be in this situation. Praise the Lord. And you know, people are harassing say, I thank God that, uh, you know, I don't, somebody sacks you from office. Get out from my office. You say, God bless you. And you say, Father, I thank you because what? My life does not depend on this office. We live in the consciousness of a world that is greater than this world. A world through which this world was created. The Bible says, in the beginning, what happened? God created the heavens. Where that God who created the heavens is, is your life now. It's our life now, what? Is him. It says, set your mind, what? On things that are above. So that when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear. 
So now we are featuring on earth. We don't live here. Praise the Lord. We are featuring. Our record is being taken here. There's a place when they won't take our record. You know, for the movie, praise God. Anybody who's done movie here now? For every movie, there is a script. Do you know that? And everything that is being done, even when they laugh, ha, 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 it's part of the script. Do you know that? Now, why are they writing your life? Because it's a script. When the movie star goes on, there is no script. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? There is a script that your life is to follow. There is a record. So all of this, when it's all done, you will enter into your real life. And like we've said there, some of us on this side of, you know, where our script might make us to have to, you know, like we are saying about the uh, keke, our script might be enter keke and go. But when this life is over and you're stepping into your reward, it's not red carpet, it's indigo. Is there indigo? You'll be stepping in in style. You know why? Because you are entering into your real life. What we are having here now is parts to play that we might glorify our master. It's a grand movie. Praise the Lord. It's a grand movie. That's why Lord Jesus oftentimes said to his cousin, John the Baptist, he said to him, permit it to be so. John said the truth. He said, how can I baptize you? I know you. From when I was a baby, I was introduced to you womb to womb. They say this person that is coming is your creator. That's why he leaped in the womb of the mother Elizabeth. He leaped because the creator. You know, at that time, there is no distraction. So there was more revelation. So he leaped. So when Jesus came, he said, I cannot baptize you. Jesus said, don't worry, we're on earth. We allow things happen here. Tell yourself, I'll allow it. Because I know who I am. Yes, I allow it. Get away. You're nobody. Allow it. When you're revealed, like Joseph to his brothers, he's only sorry, sir. Sorry, sir, they'll be saying. Praise the Lord. So our Lord Jesus came to demonstrate that. And quickly, I just want to show us. In Genesis 1, 26 to 28, we see God introducing the idea of man. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let him have dominion. You know, it went on and on and on. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we see where the Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. I want to show you the life and the life. Because we see our Lord Jesus Christ saying to Mary and Martha, He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I want us to see the life. Praise the Lord. That's what the gospel came to bring to us. The life. That is what the born again. That's what gets born when we get born again. You see, our normal births give us life. But when we get born again, we have the life. Praise the Lord. And what is that the life? We, we are seeing the life. This is the life. It says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. What? The breath of life. And this man became what? A living being. Now, God also made the animals of the dust of the ground, but he didn't breathe into them the bread of life. So what had happened here now? There were animals, so there were mammals, but there were mammals that were now human being. Praise the Lord. You don't call dog, dog being. Uh-huh. So there was another level to man at this place. Praise the Lord. Why? Because the creator did not just make us with hands. He had something of him inside of us. Praise the Lord. All the animals were made by God, but they didn't have of God inside them. That's why we're called human being. Because the I am had put something in us. That's the life. And now further down that passage, something happens. 
Praise the Lord. Come to uh, verse 15. See what happens here. God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep his 16. And God, the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it you shall what? Surely die. Note what is happening here. Verse 7 says, A man became what? A living being, a human being. Now God is saying to this man, please, because I am in you, eh? two have to agree all the time. If we disagree, I will disconnect. Sin is disagreeing with God. Praise the Lord. The day you eat of this, what will happen? You will surely die. Now, if you go to the next chapter, chapter 3, we see how Satan came and confused man. You know, and man ate of this tree that God said he shouldn't eat. Now, did man fall down and die? Man did not fall down and die. But God said man shall what? Surely die. So what happened here? What happened here was that a new life started to exist. A life that was disconnected from God. God withdrew his breath. His spirit was taken. But man continued to live. But the difference is, see now, let me show you something in that chapter 3. Very interesting thing in chapter 3. In verse 17, you see, where God began to address Adam. He said to him, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree, which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat. It says, Cursed is the ground for your what? Sake. In toil you shall eat of it. All the days, know that what? Days of your life. Before man had no days of his life. He made God, man was made in the image of God. God is eternal. The man before this time was eternal. So from this point, man began to expire. We were not meant to expire. Praise the Lord. And what is that expiration? That expiration is seen running its full course. That's why somebody is born. And the person is almost helpless. And then the person grows as a teenager, you know, has all the muscles, okay? As at 30, still some muscles. At 40, still some. At 50, he's struggling. Eh? He's struggling, you know, like some of us, struggling to still have some. At 60, 70, 80, 90. What is happening? Sin is what? Is taking his due. So all the glory that you see in man is just waiting for sin to finish its work. So a woman comes out so beautiful. And then you watch. Teenager, she's so fine. You know, 20 something, so fine. 30, fine. 40, fine. 50, 60, she was. Not bad at 60. That's what you begin to hear. What they're saying is that it's bad, but when we add, when we divide, when we put the uh, denominator, 70, ah, if you see her when she was young. <laughs> you see, what is happening in all of that is that sin is collecting its payment. The man was not assassinated, but sin was let loose. He said, curse is the ground for your sake. In toil you eat it all the days. Means there is, there is a limit. Man had no limit. Let us make man in our image. Does God have limit? That's death. So some could be 800 years as we see in the story. So this came in here and the Bible continues. Let's touch 22 and 24 of chapter 3. We'll see what happened there. So to back up this that we are learning now. 22. Then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like what? 
one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and what? Live forever. Remember, man was not asked not to eat of the tree of life. But because he has taken of the one he shouldn't take, because he has taken the virus, let him not add eternal, let him not add forever to his problem. That's why they had to drive man away. Let's see the next verse there. He said, therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden. So man began to live to die. So when you see somebody who is not born again, he's actually waiting to die. And that's why when shakings come like this, it reminds men of the simple fact of their existence, that they are waiting to die. Whether you're a president or whether you're a professor or you're a truck pusher, it doesn't matter. Without Christ, he say, he that does not believe is condemned already. You see, when you say to somebody, repent or perish, it's true, but it's not correct. It's your perishing, repent. Do you get it? Hmm. Because it's as though if you don't repent now, then I'll make you to pray. No, we were all perishing until we repented. Praise the Lord. The best of us, the most moral of us, were perishing until the good news came. Okay, interesting. Let's go to chapter 5 quickly. So we, in chapter 5, it wraps this up in a way we can understand now. Genesis 5 1 says, This is the book of genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he said he made him what? In the likeness of God. This is what God wants. Now, can you see this is, he made him in the likeness of God. Verse 2, please. He said, he created a male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. Notice, the day they were created. Now, look at the current situation. And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in what? In his own what do we see now? There is the likeness of God and then there is the likeness of Adam. From that time, we began to be born in the likeness of Adam. That was the man that was now having this life corrupted by the virus. Now, is it a good thing for somebody to carry this virus and not know he's carrying it? He might feel comfortable, but he's endangered. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that's where... The time we live in comes in. Everybody's going to leave this world. Praise God. Everybody's going to live at some point. Now, with events like this, it, it brings us to the reality. We're living this world though. We're not in control of this world. That's what it is. If you read that chapter, what you keep seeing is that this person lived, you know, after begot and lived 700 years and what? And died. So we can say in today's system, this person was president for nine years and died. This person was the richest man and died. Or even this person was a, a truck pusher and died. Because everybody, that's the problem of the world. So whenever there's an opportunity for people to think and be conscious of a dying, it's not that bad. Because it will make them rich for Jesus who has already been provided. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Now for those of us who already have him, then he makes us know that there's a responsibility. We have a responsibility. Because like we learned on Sunday, it's by grace that we all are saved. None of us found God. I hope you know that. Jesus said, none can come to me unless the Father draws. Sometimes, you know, I don't know about it, but sometimes I ask God. I said, you know, the songwriter sang, I don't know what I do, where 
make you love me so why will you find me and save me i don't know how many of us were looking for god when we got saved for some of us the family you were born into was the mercy of god some of us the friends we had you know but it's not everybody that has this privilege why will you save me why will you find me out i was not looking for you you found me open my heart you see why will you do that for me Praise the Lord. I'm grateful to God. I don't know if there's any grateful person here. I'm grateful to God. And that's why every time I stand before you, I don't want anybody to serve God or worship God, thinking God is owing him anything. The goodness of God will keep surprising you if you continue to live. Praise God. God doesn't owe us. And the God who will bring to you salvation without you requesting, will bring you glory without you knowing when it will happen. I don't serve a God that I have to steal my blessing from his hand. Are you hearing me? I know that. I know. The Bible says he's mindful of me. You and I know we are not mindful of him. As we're here now thinking, what will I eat? Where will I go? What and this? But he's mindful of us. He has us inscribed upon the palms of his hands. The love and the thoughts he has towards us. He said, can a nursing mother forget her suckling child? He says, she may. He said, I will not forget. That's how much God loves you. That's how much God is thinking about you. He said, praise God. Do you know that you don't even know what you need that God is planning to provide for you? We serve a good God. Praise the Lord. So that's what we had as life. So man lost the life of God and we're now maintaining a life that was expiring. So in the gospel, Jesus brought this life. That's what, you know, we're told now in John from John chapter one. That's what he brought to us. He brought life. He brought the real life as it was, even in a better package. Let's move to John 11. So in John 11, 25 and 26, at the tomb of Lazarus, he was now saying to Mary and Martha, he was saying to them, I'm the resurrection and the life. He said, you have a rare privilege. I'm here. I think it was Mary that was saying, I know that he'll be raised on the last day. For a lot of us, that's what is going to be our hope. But for them at that hour, it wasn't. Jesus said, I know the last day one will happen. But you see, I am. Praise the Lord. Because I'm here, we don't have to wait. Praise the Lord. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. And then he made a statement, which is important. He said, whoever, verse 26. He said, whoever lives and believes in me shall what? Never die. Now, have you seen in the epistles where there will be mixing, confusing us? And say, some are sleeping. You know why they use that word sleep? Because believers don't die. Once you're born again, you cannot die again. And that sleep that's sleeping is to us. God is having conversations with them. They say because God is the God of the living. The moment the believer closes his eyes here, he's there with him. On Monday, I was asking, you know, some of these things may be too deep, but the Holy Spirit will help us. The event that happened on Sunday, okay, 50 died. I don't know. But if we had testimonies, somebody shared a testimony of the sister, you know, and the family who were supposed to be in a particular place that the bomb exploded. But for some strange reasons, we're not there. And actually came back to see what had happened. Now, these people are believers, so they have a testimony, isn't it? That God saved them. Now, I want to ask you, if there was a believer who was there and died, I want to ask a question. Does it mean they don't have a testimony? Have you pondered on that? The testimony of the Christian 
is from the day eternal life came in. Snatching out is extension of duty. The reason God brings you out from a situation and you're not dead is not testimony of, is a testimony, but is a testimony of an assignment has been given me. That's why Paul could say that he, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. He said, necessity is laid on me. So the believer, our testimony, our revelation of testimony is completely different. So the accident happened. I didn't die as a believer. It meant that they said, you have not finished your work. Come here. Mm, You're not going. Because those who die in the Lord, the Bible said they enter their rest. Say, you're not resting. Come and finish your work. You've not submitted assignment. Your project, you need to make some adjustments. That's why some people die that confuses us. We're wondering, he's the best of them. He's such a wonderful this and that. They have laid their testimony, finished it completely. And they've entered his rest. They're strolling with Jesus. Because from the moment they received the eternal life, they had possessed the end of their faith. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, as believers, this is the gospel. This is the message of the gospel. Can I tell you something? The apostle Paul said something. And I try and round up now. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Let me ask you a question. The gospel of today, Jesus will heal you. Today, Jesus will prosper. Today, Jesus will give you a husband. Who will be ashamed of it? Have you asked yourself that question? If many things that we call the gospel is what it is, why would the apostle Paul say, I am not ashamed? Who will be ashamed? Who will come, come and say, I'm the best sojourn in Nigeria. I'm ashamed. I can make you rich. I'm ashamed. I know the God that will make you rich. Who will be ashamed of that? You know those days, one of the major problems they had was was slavery. I know the God that will break your chains from slavery and set you free. I'm ashamed of that gospel. Who who, who will be ashamed of that gospel? It's the gospel of eternal life. Because when you speak it, some people say, what are you saying? Poor man, get away. Prisoner, lock him off. Madman, you're you're beside us. Go away. The Bible said, as he spoke to Felix, the governor, he said, as he reasoned on judgment to come, on eternal life. You see what the gospel is? Now, all these other things are things that accompany. Praise the Lord. They don't define. They accompany. Just like in the case of Joseph. As he pressed in and became whom God called him to be. Every other thing followed. Every other thing followed. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Romans 1. Romans 1, 15 and 16. Because this is a season where the true gospel must go out. Men must know we pray and we trust God for a vaccine for an end to this, you know, pandemic. But beyond that, let's not seize the opportunity. Let's not seize the opportunity. Romans 1.15. It says, so much as, as is in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of the gospel of Christ. It says, for it is the power of God. To salvation for everyone who believes. It's the power of God for salvation from his wrath and punishment. There's one translation that says for eternal life. For everyone who believes in Christ Jesus. That is what the gospel is. The good news brings to men no matter their situation. We mentioned on Sunday. When Jesus Christ came to announce his mission. He said the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. 
to preach the gospel to the poor. The poor was not those who just didn't have money. To the hopeless, to those whom society had said, there is no way for you. You know, there's some environments you'll be in. There is no educationally nothing. Even military, they won't take you, no matter what. He says, I've come to bring good news. That's what the apostle Paul was declaring. That's the gospel. Bring in the life of God. The life of power. Praise God. The sonship where men, you know, b- born of men, man and woman, are no longer existing at that level. Why? Because they've been born of the spirit. They are carrying a new title. Praise the Lord. They are led. I say there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who do not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. Those whom the spirit have taken over. They are no longer who they used to be. They are just something completely different. They are God's people on earth. You are now his workmanship. Praise the Lord. You see, whatever is happening anywhere. God is searching. Do I have people there? Do I have someone there? He say, yes, I can see, see what? I can see him. I can see this person. I can see this person. Oh, yes, I have people there. So God is there. That's what salvation brought. So God needs a man to take the gospel to Caesar's household. He said, who will I send? How will I penetrate? The-? He says, let Paul go. How will Paul go as a prisoner? Paul didn't go as a senator. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, what do you do? Present your bodies a living sacrifice. So we present our bodies. Now, for some of us, God might decide to lead you somewhere as a senator. For some of us, he might decide to lead you there as a consultant. For some, he might decide to lead you as a medical doctor. He might decide to lead you, you know, as one thing or the other. But the thing is this. Every one of us are equally chosen. Praise the Lord. No disadvantage. And nobody can belittle his calling. Not at you. dare not. You don't know the power you carry. Do you know what would have happened in Syria through Naaman's salvation? And who brought the salvation to Naaman's household? A little girl. A little girl. Little maid. But through her, Naaman came. God healed. Took the sand from Israel. And said, I'm going to serve this God. Just forgive me when I lead my master. Until he dies. He will die soon. When he bows and I have to hold him in the hand. I'm not bowing you know, because I'm now a born again Christian. That's what he said. Who knows the revival Neman would have brought? Who engineered it? That little girl. So nobody despises his office in the kingdom. Praise the Lord. We maintain that office. That's the gospel. You see, we read the Bible. Do you know Paul wrote to the slave? He said, are you a slave? He said, don't try to come out. You know, I preached it here one Wednesday. People didn't like the way they were. I didn't like the way people were looking at me. He says, are you born free? He says, it's okay, be free. Anywhere you are. Why? Because Christ needs you where you are. Praise the Lord. When you finish doing work where you are, he can promote you. But don't be where you are and be kicking. Joseph bore witness in the prison and bore it completely. Joseph bore witness in Potiphar's house and bore it completely. Did it hinder him from being prime minister? We asked the question here. When he became prime minister, did anybody come and address him? Come, ex-slave, come here. How dare the person? Pharaoh said nobody will drink water except with his permission. You know what uh, Joseph would have just done? Put the person on fasting, no water. Be giving him plenty food. Give him Gary to drink. Make sure no water. Give him beans. Give him yam to eat. Until you know who is ex-slave and who is your prime minister. (laughs) Praise God. It's God we are dealing with. Praise the Lord. It's God we are dealing with. We trust him. No greed in us. No scheming. No restlessness. Do you know why we can't obey God many times in many situations? There is anxiety and restlessness to change our situation 
But he says, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Some, the devil will tell you, this is your opportunity. If you miss it now, and then you go and compromise here and there. And then the same devil will come and say, Ew. but when we trust in the Lord, he said, commit your ways to him. And what will happen? He will bring it. Whatever your it is, God knows how to bring it to pass. Let's rise on our feet. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for this privilege we have. Can you please put Romans chapter 2 for me? We see what the gospel is about. That's what we're just trying to establish this season. So that the world will know. So that the world can find life. The life of Christ. The gift of God. Of Jesus Christ. To transform. To become this new persons. This persons that God originally intended for us to be. The Bible talking, you know, the Apostle Paul is still speaking the whole Romans 1 and 2, verse 16. There is a way he put it, Romans 2, 16. Please, can you put it on the screen for us? If you have the Living Bible or the NLT, you can put it for us, please. Where he talks about the implications, the way this gospel works. He's talking about the end when Jesus would do and, you know, settle things. He says, the day will surely come when at God's command, Jesus Christ will judge the secret lives of everyone. Their inmost thoughts and motives. He says, this is all part of God's great plan. Can we have NLT? He says, and this is the message. We're still looking at what the gospel is. He says, and this is the message I proclaim. That the day is coming when what? God, through Jesus Christ, will judge what? Everyone's secret life. This is what makes us different. Let me ask you a question. Do you think if every human being knew that they would judge their secret life, the world would be terrible? No, no. The people who are killing and maiming, knowing that someday they're going to stand before God. The rulers that we have that are stealing our money and are siding with iniquity and all of that. You know, being sympathetic to terrorists and all of that. Do you think if they heard the gospel, that someday will come? That's what Felix said and his heart was shaking. Praise the Lord. But if these people keep hearing, I pray God keep you. What's that? Their traditional religious um, priests will say the same thing. But when you ask a man to bring you the gospel, he just tells you that there is God in heaven. One of the requirements for the kings of Israel was that they had to recopy the book of the law by hand. Now, anybody who has studied well and read, anytime you're reading, especially things that need cramming, you know how you do it. You recopy. So what God was saying that the kings, he said, it wasn't required of the rest of the people. But every king in Israel was to recopy by their hand the entire book of the law. He was trying to say to them, put this thing in your head because as you're king over these people, I'm king over you. That's the gospel. The time will come when Jesus Christ will judge people's secret life. These are the things the gospel presents. If you serve a boss who knows they will judge his secret life, you'll enjoy your work. If you have staff that know they will judge their secret life, you also enjoy the staff. They won't play tricks on you. Everybody will be happy. If you marry a, a husband or wife that knows they'll judge their secret life, it's no, they won't put password or no password. You won't have to scan their phones. If you have children that know that they'll judge their secret life, they won't need to hide anything from their parents. Do you understand what I'm saying? The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Everything will be beautiful. You go to a restaurant and the owner is born again, knows the gospel. It will be a beautiful restaurant. Anything. This is what the world needs. Father, we thank you. 
Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. I want us to pray with this scripture as we round up Colossians chapter 1. And I believe this scripture applies to you and everyone that is watching. I'll read from the Amplified Version, Colossians 1 from verse 3. Still talking about the gospel and the message of the gospel. The Bible says, we continually give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, as we are praying for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. The leaning of your entire human personality on him. In absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness. And of the love which you have and show for all the saints, God's consecrated ones. Because of the hope of experiencing what is laid up, reserved and waiting for you in heaven. Of this hope you heard in the past, in the message of the truth of the gospel. The Bible is saying that when a person hears the gospel, he's taken from that moment and puts an anchor in heaven. And when that hope is there, everything that is being done from now till then is based on the confidence that something is reserved for him. Praise the Lord. We have such heavenly hope that we are earthly blessings to everyone. Praise the Lord. We are not earthly useless. The truth is this. Every born again Christian should expect wonders through his life. Because you see, if there is anything for the Nigerian language, you are an expatriate. Do you understand? You are an expat. You don't belong. You came from above. Praise the Lord. You are a breath of fresh air. This is what you say. We have something settled. And that is making us to be different. Joseph's dream made him to be distinguished. I want you to lift your hands to God. And say, Lord, I don't want to be ordinary. I have the gift of life. You have given me eternal life. I'm not existing. I'm representing. I'm representing. Many people are existing on earth. But I'm your representative. It says you are God's handiwork. You are God's workmanship. Lord, as a mother, as a father, as a brother, as a sister, as a son, as a daughter, as a businessman. Is there a scientist listening to me? Is there a urologist or virologist listening to me? Is there anybody in government listening to me? You are a solution. You are not existing. You will not be counted and they said, and he died. No, you will present something to your generation. It will be said you added this value. You transformed from this situation. You brought life. You are like living hid in this world. You are a solution. Because of heaven. Because of the hope that is settled, established from when you heard the gospel. Because of what is waiting for you. That's what we have. Child of God, heaven is waiting for you. Heaven is waiting for you. Rewards are waiting for you. The blessedness of the people of God is assured you. Father, we thank you. There is a hope that we have. 
so we can stand strong and we can stand tall in this situation. Lord, help us not to faint. Help us not to be weary. The Bible says if we faint in the day of adversity, our strength is small. Our strength is not small. We will bear fruit in season and out of season. We will shine as light in the midst of a dark world. We will speak life because life is inside of us. We have been born of the Spirit of God. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. And peradventure, someone came in here overwhelmed. Lord, we pray fresh release of your spirit to bring solution, to bring comfort, to bring direction, to bring healing. Is there someone sick in the body? The anointing that is doing this through us does things in us as well. Lord, we thank you. My body is your temple. I carry you. I will not be hindered. Your work will prosper through me and will prosper in me. Father, we thank you. Are there naughty issues that need resolving, O oh Lord? Thank you for inspiration. Thank you for favor. Thank you for opening of doors. Thank you for lifting of heads. Lord, we give you the praise. Let's bless the Lord somebody. Let's bless the Lord. Recipients of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us celebrate him. Let us celebrate him. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.